Well, you're all very welcome tonight. We're going to start off by singing a few well-known Christmas carols. And the first one we'll sing tonight is Wonderful Story of Love. Just give me a second, there's a technical issue. Yeah. Wonderful story of love. Okay. Let's hear you sing your very best. and you wouldn't want him near you. If he's sitting beside you tonight, just move along the pew or you'll have a dose for Christmas Day. But anyway, we'll do our best. Second verse, wonderful story of love. see some joy in your face. It's hard to stand and smile and sing at the same time up here. But anyway, let's see some smiles down in the congregation and that'll help me up here. Joy to the Lord. And if you have that joy in your heart, man a moment. Let's tell your face about that joy.
once in Royal David City stood a lowly cattle shed. some of these are very very high and I'm not good at the high notes so uh, I'm depending on you to fill in the high notes that's really how you sing this one. Tonight, uh, with Silent Night, Holy Night, I say it's good to see you all out, all here in the building. And it's also good to uh, know that there's ones watching over the internet. And you're also very welcome tonight if you've joined us for this Gospel Hour on uh, this special Christmas Eve night. Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. And we'll ask you to sing, stand from your singing place. Thank you. 
And that was good singing. Now we're going to just commit our way to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help tonight in our meeting. Because without God's help, this meeting would be in vain. Our Heavenly Father, we thank and praise thee once again for an opportunity to bow before thee in a word of prayer. We thank you for an open door here in this town. We thank you for the freedom we have to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you tonight, Lord, that especially at this time of the year we can consider how you came to this earth as a little baby and how you lived a perfect life and you went to the cross and you died and most importantly you rose again victorious over the grave and it's because of this tonight we can stand and we can sing praises to thee lord we thank you for everyone that has gathered with us tonight we thank you for putting it in their heart to come we know lord there's no good in any of us all good things come from you we just pray lord tonight as we worship in this place lord that people will be touched in their own lives those who are discouraged will be encouraged tonight those who are uh, unsaved will get saved tonight those who are backslidden will come back to their first love and we pray lord for those who are serving thee as best they can will be encouraged and uplifted even as we come here tonight. Lord, we pray for a congregation over this time. We pray for the ones that are not so well. And there's many on our list tonight. We just pray, Lord, that you'll be unto them all that they need. And we just pray, Lord, as, as we continue now, Lord, those who take part, you'll be with them, you'll help them to take part, and you'll bless them even through their endeavours here tonight. Lord, we're asking all these things in your name. Amen. Okay, we'll sing our second hymn tonight. What child is this? who led to rest. And you're singing well, but I think we can do better. So let's, uh, we'll challenge you to do better in this second hymn tonight. <laughs>
tonight we're having various members of our congregation taking part and as we sing this last verse once again we'll ask Arnie Carson to come Arnie's going to read from Matthew 1 thank you <laughs> First reading tonight is from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thy son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Arlene, for reading so clearly. You wouldn't imagine Arlene was born and reared in this town. She has developed a proper accent. And that's good. Well, the next piece, it's always very good to have uh, young people taking part in their meetings. I always like to see the youth. So before I hit this next slide, I thought I would say that. Because tonight, <laughs> the next participants is the word of truth. We'll invite the word of truth to come now and sing to us one piece, please.
reading tonight's found in John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5, and then verses 10 to 14. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. And thank you to the young uh, Word of Truth for singing. You probably know that the words old and young are relative words. It depends who you're comparing with. You know, for example, Lewis is very old compared to Heidi. And uh, the Word of Truth are very young compared to Methuselah. So, uh, yeah, the, the young, young people were taking part tonight. I want to welcome you in the Savior's name, all that are here in the congregation and those that are joining us on the internet. Welcome as always. We trust that you'll be blessed as a result of our Christmas Eve service. Refreshments will be served, just light refreshments tonight for those that can stay and enjoy fellowship together. Thursday night, the midweek service will be at 8 o'clock, and because it is the last Thursday of the month, we remember our missionaries and the need for revival particularly in prayer. Next Lord's Day, the prayer meeting is at 8 o'clock. Uh, please keep in mind, there's no Sunday school or Bible class because of the holiday season. But the worship service will be here as usual at 12 o'clock and the New Year's Eve service at 9 o'clock. So tonight, we brought it forward one hour. And next Sunday night, we're putting the service back two hours because it is the 31st of December. And we will do what we often do. We will come for the service at 9. We will have refreshments at 10. And then the watch night service, bringing us into the new year, will be at 11 o'clock. So please make it known, especially the time change, and bring others with you. Refreshments will be served at 10 o'clock, as we said. And if the ladies can bring their usual, the scones, pancakes, buns, etc., we announcement on behalf of Sunbeams, and that is help is needed for the new year. If any of our members are, are available, see Julie <coughs> about that. Uh, I trust that something that you've been thinking about and praying about, and something that you feel in your heart that you can do for the Lord. I mentioned this morning that Noring has sent in her cards and thank you letters, and they're available on the left-hand side just as you go out. I have uh, just to say again that we trust that you'll have a happy and a blessed Christmas as a congregation and that you enjoy each other's company and have a lovely family time if that's what's planned. And may the Lord be with you in a very special way. And if you didn't get a Christmas card from the Park family last week, there are a few spare ones just on the right-hand side before you go through the doors. We would like you to have one. Our tithes and offerings will be brought in now and it's home mission outreach envelopes that are due 
And we're going to sing, O Come All Ye Faithful. It's a lovely Christmas carol, one of the great hymns about the coming of Christ into the world and how we ought to worship Him. O come all ye faithful, joyfully triumphant, to Bethlehem hasten now with glad accord. Lo, in a manger lies the King of angels. O come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Keeping our seats as we sing.
Probably the most famous Christmas carol is the one entitled Away in a Manger. And you'll see at the bottom of the hymn the word anonymous, which really is indicating we don't know who wrote this carol. There are some who believe it was the great German reformer Martin Luther, but we're not certain about that. And we have some children here tonight, and they should know, they should know Away in a Manger off by heart. And I'm just very simply going to ask them to come up to the front, join me here. Children, young people, whoever's prepared to come, and I'm going to bring the accordion down as well. And we're singing away in a manger together. So without any hesitation, children, come on up to the front here and sing away in a manger with me. You better come because I don't want to sing it on my own. Quick, 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 come. And whatever young people are prepared to help, come on up and stand here on either side. Does anybody else want to join them? You know, see, see these eyes of mine, they're, they're kind of pleading eyes, you know. As a young girl, I would say, come and sing, Jesus loves me. Um, but we're going to sing away in the manger. Anybody else? Okay, I know you want me to be caught. Sarah, you're, you're not an adult yet. Can you come on up? You're, you're, you're not 18 until tomorrow, okay? Rebecca, you, you look as if you want to come, and Keziah also. And there's a young people behind you and in front of you. Catherine, come. Leah. Lou. No? Florentina, does she want to come? No? Do you need the word, words? Yeah. Okay. We'll sing this in the key of F, is that, is that right? That do, thank you very much.
Thank you very much for the round of applause. Would you like to give the children one now as well? <laughs> Amen. I'm going to have the reading of the Scriptures, and Ryan Moore is going to bring the, the final reading, and then immediately after that, the Hebron Choir will sing. We have a series of readings found from Isaiah, beginning at Isaiah chapter 7 and the verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then into chapter 9. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there be, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Then into Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And then finally tonight we have Isaiah chapter 53 and the verses 1 to 5. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground he hath no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him he is des despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed.
tonight I want to thank our choir sincerely. They have been singing just about every night in the month of December and we appreciate the hard work that goes into practicing. So to Sylvia and Diane, uh, thank you in the Lord's name and you have been a blessing and you are a blessing and we look forward to your ministry in the new year. We're opening our Bibles to Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> Much of what we've been saying in these days, as we've met on the Lord's Day, has come from this chapter of God's Word, and we're going to read from verse 25 through to verse 34. If you were with us at the early time of prayer, and this morning we were reading in this chapter, we read a lengthier portion of Scripture, and I believe that we were truly blessed. Verse 25, and in fact, we'll read through to verse 35. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. 
Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Ending our reading there. And you'll see that we read about Simeon. And the next little section tells us about the old lady that was there in the temple, Anna by name. And these two were there in the providence of God to see the Lord Jesus when he was just a very young infant. Let's have a wee word of prayer and look to the Lord for these minutes in the closing part of the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that has gone before. We thank you for the praise and the worship of God and the singing of the hymns. For those who have taken part tonight, reading your word and singing, ministering to us, we thank you for the blessing that it has been just to be in church tonight and to have listened to what we've heard and to have sung the praises of our God reminding us again and again that Christ Jesus came into the world and we thank you for the incarnation and we thank you for Simeon who set eyes upon the Lord in his infancy and what we're going to learn or relearn tonight speak to every heart some among us do not know Christ as Savior and yet he came into the world to seek and to save that which was lost and they've never taken that step of faith we pray that this night, even on Christmas Eve, will be the night of their salvation, that they will receive the greatest gift of all, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Give us the help that we need to bring the message now. In Jesus' name, amen. As you think of this man, and what I'm going to say to you tonight, I've put a title on the message, The Old Man Who Was Happy to Die. And we've read about it here. It was said often that very few people saw Jesus Christ in his infancy. Obviously, Mary and Joseph, Mary his mother and Joseph his stepfather, they saw him. Obviously, also the shepherds who were the first to hear the great news that a Savior had been born and they hastened to Bethlehem. They saw the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we have Simeon and Anna. And we read about them in this chapter. And then later on, nearly two years later, the wise men who came from the east. And these are the ones that the Bible tells us about. I'm sure others that saw him, but didn't recognize him, didn't know him, but these individuals did. And I want to draw attention to Simeon tonight because we learn so many things about this old man. We learn for one thing that he was a godly man. He was just and devout. Bible tells us that, and that means he had a right standing with God, and he had a good standing with people as he lived a godly life in this world. We also learn that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and that really is a term that pointed to the Messiah that was promised, the Lord Jesus that would come into the world. He is the consolation of Israel, and Simeon was waiting for him to come. We know that he was in touch with God. 
and the Spirit revealed to him something that was very remarkable, told him, Simeon, you're not going to die until you see the Lord's Christ, until you get your eyes upon the consolation of Israel. You're going to live until Jesus comes, and you're going to see him in the flesh. We learn also that he was led by the Spirit to the temple just at the right time. There was this day, and it was only part of the day when Jesus would be brought to the temple when he was 40 days old to be presented there before the Lord according to the law and the custom of, of Israel. And Simeon was right there, led by God to be in that place. We know that he took the Lord Jesus Christ up in his arms. And he proved the promise of God. And he saw Christ. And then we also learn that he had wonderful things to say about Christ. And wonderful things to say about Mary also. Including that statement about a sword piercing her heart. And there would come the day, and I believe that was in the shadow of the cross, when Mary stood and she watched Jesus die, her beloved son, and a sword pierced her heart as Christ was crucified. So Simeon was a godly old saint. He knew the Lord as his Savior. He walked with a good testimony before God and man. And something else very remarkable, he was so happy to die because he had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. This is so precious, isn't it? As I was thinking about what we read here, I was thinking that the Lord makes no mistakes, never does with you or I. He has a divine plan. He has appointments with us. Indeed, this is an appointment. You haven't come uh, to church tonight to see the infant Christ, but I trust that you have come and you've been led by the Spirit to hear a message about the Lord Jesus Christ coming into the world to be the Savior of men. We know that Christ desires our salvation. We know that God wants us to see the Lord as our Savior and thereafter walk a godly life and a faithful life in this world. And then when it comes to the appointed moment, that day when we are called away, when death comes, when the soul departs from the body, the Lord certainly wants us to have peace in our heart, just like Simeon had, getting to that place where we can really say, I'm, I'm happy to go. And that, of course, is the peace of the gospel, the peace that only God can give through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is with sweet assurance we can therefore say, it is well with me. I know where I'm going. When I come to die, I'm happy about that. I may not be happy about the experience of death, but I'm happy to go because I'm going to heaven I'm going to be with the Lord who is my Savior. So I want to think about Simeon tonight, this old man who was happy to die. And I have three simple thoughts that I want to leave with you. First of all, there's a declaration of infinite importance. And I think we have it here in this sentence, these words that Simeon spoke. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. You want to think about that. The Lord Jesus is brought to the temple. He's just 40 days old. Simeon takes him up in his arms. He looks at this infant child 
and he makes this remarkable statement. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Simeon knew in his heart who this baby was. This is God's salvation in the person of Christ. This is he of whom the Old Testament promised in all the, the types, the shadows, the symbols, the prophecies. What do I mean about that? Well, there were pictures in the Old Testament that pointed to the days of the Messiah when Jesus would come. And then there were also direct prophecies that announced the fact that Christ was going to come into the world. And Simeon knew these things. He knew what we refer to as the proto-evangel. Don't be alarmed by the, the Latin term. It just simply means the first promise of the Savior, the first evangelical gospel promise that Christ would come. And that's what we read in Genesis 3.15. The seed of the woman, referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, would come into the world, and though his heel would be bruised, he would crush the head of the serpent, even the devil, and defeat the powers of the devil. He knew the one who would come through faithful Abraham and be a blessing to all the families of the earth. How was that going to happen? Abraham, the promised son that he had, Isaac, would be born in the due course of time when Abraham was an old man. Now, how would that bring about blessing to the world? to the nations of the world, to the families of the earth. It was through the Messiah coming, the Lord Jesus Christ, who would come through the seed of Abraham, and, and that ancestry is traced through the Scriptures. Simeon knew that, that through Abraham, the families of the earth would be blessed. Simeon also knew about the Passover lamb of Exodus 20, a beautiful picture or type of Christ. It was the last plague. Death was coming to the land of Egypt. All the firstborn, from the highest to the lowest, would die that one night when the death angel passed through. But you remember how the Israelites were instructed by God to take the lamb, shed the blood of the lamb, and take that blood and strike it on the upper post and the side posts of their homes. And the promise that God gave to those that were obedient who had applied the blood to their homes, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Passover. It was the Passover lamb. And that was celebrated year by year. And it was all pointing to Christ our Passover, who was sacrificed for us. Simeon knew that. Simeon knew David's psalm. Psalm 22. It's all about the cross. Some people reckon that he even quoted that psalm when he was hanging upon Calvary's cross. And it's thoroughly messianic and evangelical. The forsaking of Christ. It begins, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We know that Jesus quoted that on the cross. Talks about the mockery of Christ. Speaks about the disjointed bones of the Savior. Not a bone would be broken, but they would be out of joint and it speaks about the piercing of the hands and the feet. Psalm 22. It's all about the cross. Simeon knew that. Simeon knew Isaiah's great predictions of the virgin birth and Emmanuel, God with us, that title that would be given to the Lord from Isaiah 7 and verse 14. He knew about the child that would be born 
who would have those wonderful names, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace in Isaiah 9 and 6. He knew about the cornerstone and the foundation that Isaiah speaks about in Isaiah 28 and verse 16, again, all pointing to the Messiah. He knew about Christ's sufferings and how his visage, his appearance would be marred more than any man. Christ would suffer until he was barely recognizable or recognized by the people. In Isaiah 52 and 14, and what can we say about the grand prophecy of Isaiah 53? And Ryan read part of it tonight. The Lord Jesus Christ that would be despised, the Lord who would be wounded, who would be bruised, how our sins would be led upon him, how he would die for transgressors. Simeon knew Jeremiah's righteous branch and king, Jeremiah 23 and 5. And these are just some of the Old Testament prophecies pointing to the days of the Messiah when the consolation of Israel would come. Now in the temple, as the infant child is presented according to the law, Simeon fixes his gaze upon this little one, and he exclaims in an act of profound faith, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He believed who Jesus was, and so believed even though he was a little baby. You know, my friends, there's nothing more important than this for you and I to set our gaze upon the blessed Christ and realize that in him, in his person and work is God's salvation. He is the one promised, the Messiah that would come into the world. He is the one who came in fulfillment to all the prophecies of the Old Testament. He is the one that lived that life of perfect obedience, fulfilling the law of God on our behalf and he is the one who then went to the cross of Calvary to purchase eternal redemption or salvation for you and I. I wonder tonight, have you looked? Have you beheld? Have you set your eyes on Christ by faith? Have you gazed upon the salvation of God? Have you seen him die for you? He says, look look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and beside me there's no Savior. And John the Baptist says, behold, which is the same, look, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world as Jesus was approaching John and the audience that day that stood at the banks of the Jordan. And John announced him as God's Lamb who would take away sin. It's looking to Jesus, you see, the author and the finisher of our faith that brings salvation. There's life for a look at the crucified one. And so I say, look, look, look and live. Look away from yourself. Look away from your sin. Look away from the church. Look away from your good works. Fix your eyes solidly upon the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, and then you will have the testimony that this old man Simeon had 
And you'll be able to say, yes, I know who he is. This is my Savior. This is the one who has redeemed me. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. A declaration of infinite importance. Very quickly, there is an extension of incomparable mercy. And I see that in verse 32, where we read, and we take in verse 31, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people a light to lighten the Gentiles. You see, salvation, we know, was to the Jew first, but it was also to the Greek or the Gentile. Salvation is extended beyond Jerusalem and beyond Judea, oh, and even beyond Samaria. Indeed, God's salvation is to the nations of the world. His salvation is to the uttermost part of the earth. Christ and his salvation is a blessing to the world. It is prepared before the face of all people. It's not to be hidden in a corner, but it is to be proclaimed. It is a light to lighten the Gentiles who sit in darkness. And of course, that's our great responsibility. That's what we seek to do as a church here locally. That's what we're doing as a church and a denomination abroad as we send our missionaries out to bring the message of the gospel to the nations of the world. Salvation, I want you to know, is for you. Yes, for you. Sitting in this church building tonight, doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what background you come from. You are, as the Scriptures say, sitting in darkness, the darkness of sin, the darkness of this present evil world in which we live. And that darkness is great. And sadly, as Jesus said, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. But Jesus came to shine his light into your soul and to bring salvation to all that will believe. Will you believe in him tonight? Will you come to him tonight? For the salvation of Christ is extended to you, to the nations of the world. And then I want you to notice, thirdly, that there is a conclusion of immeasurable comfort. And what is that? It is this little statement that Simeon makes, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. Only the man who can say, mine eyes have seen thy salvation, can truly speak these other words. Let your servant depart in peace. Simeon, in other words, was happy to die. And death is described here as a departure. Let thy servant depart. And that's what it is. Paul uses the same expression. And it was coming that day when the Apostle Paul was going to be horrifically martyred for his faith in Christ. And he talks about the day of his departure being at hand. It is the soul departing, you see. That's what death is. When, it come, when you come to die, your soul departs from its earthly tabernacle, which is your body, and it leaves your body. One day we will take this great journey. One day we will enter into the portal of death, the moorings, and that's the picture of departure. The moorings are going to be lifted. It's like a, a ship that is in the harbor, and it's tied there, 
And that's our life. We're tied to this life. But there's coming a day when those moorings will be lifted and the ship will be untied and it will set sail into the great eternity of God. And that is our departure from the world into the next world. Simeon could depart in peace because he had obtained peace through the consolation of Israel, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know there's peace for you tonight. And there's this peace of which Simeon speaks, peace in the valley of death. Matthew Henry said, How comfortable the death of, good, of a good man is. He departs as God's servant from the place of his toil to that of his rest. He departs in peace, peace with God, peace with his own conscience, peace with death, <coughs> well reconciled to it and acquainted with it. And I tell you tonight, that's the way to die. It's the only way to die. It's the only way to face death. Knowing Jesus Christ, knowing that he is your consolation, knowing that he is your savior. And when you do, you will have this testimony. I'm happy to die because I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going. <clears throat> How was it with your soul tonight? Have you set your eyes upon the salvation of God? Are you ready and happy to go from this life? Will your departure be in peace? These are serious and searching questions that, that ought to be answered even tonight on this Christmas Eve. May God speak to your heart through this old man, this old man that was happy to die because he knew the Lord. Do you know him? Let us pray. <coughs> Our gracious God and loving Father, we thank you for the testimony of this old man who knew the Lord for many years and now in the temple, setting his eyes upon just an infant child, knew who he was. He had that promise he wouldn't die until he saw the Lord's Christ, the consolation of Israel, the Savior of men. And when he saw him, even though 40 days old, he was able to testify that this was God's salvation we thank you that that babe grew up to be a man. And we thank you that that man, the God-man, went to the cross. And there he died for us. and paid for our sin. Became the sacrifice, the once and for all sacrifice for sin. And we know that through faith in him, we can have eternal life. And we can be saved. And we can get to that place where we can say, it's well with my soul. And I'm happy to go. Oh, I may not want to leave my family. I may not want to leave so many other things that I've got attached to in this world. But at the end of the day, I'm going to heaven, going to be with the Lord, and that is far better, the Scripture says. Lord, we pray that that peace will reign in our hearts at Christmas time. Should there be those in this service tonight who don't know the Lord, bring them to Christ. May this be the night when they will see the salvation of God in the person and work of Jesus Christ. May they receive that. May they receive him into their hearts and lives. For as many as received him, to them give a power to become the sons of God, 
even to them that believe. Hear and answer this our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. This hymn comes actually from the children's section of our hymn book, but it's got a great invitation, come to the Savior. And that's what you need to do if you're not saved. You need to come to the Savior. Make no delay. Here in his word, he has shown us the way. Here in our midst, he's standing today. And what's he saying to you? And saying, saying it tenderly, as the hymn writer indicates. He's saying, come. There's the invitation. Come. Come, dear sinner. Come, for all things are now ready. Christ has provided all that you need when you come. Please think of the words as we sing them together. Let's rise to sing. Father, we thank you that there is an eternal home. There is a place called heaven that has been laid up for the people of God. And we thank you through a saving interest in Christ, we can go there. Oh, Lord, bring men and women and children to the Savior tonight. May they trust him, believe on him, to the saving of their soul. And then it will be well with them in time and eternity. Well with them in the valley of the shadow of death. Lord, hear our cry. And bring salvation to this house tonight and bless our congregation even over this Christmas period for Jesus' sake and for his glory alone we pray. Amen and amen. <laughs>